When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast love him. That doesn't mean he's worth 18 to 20 million dollars a year. Might be time to trade him. In fact, it is time to trade him. This is Inside Indiana Sports Now with Kent Sterling. For Thursday, February 10th, 2022, we're brought to you as always by the great people at Johnson's Plumbing. You need a sump pump replaced. You need a hot water heater. Pipes leaky. Maybe they burst with the cold temperatures. Johnson's Plumbing. They are the people to trust. They installed our hot water heater. They changed out our uh, garbage disposal, put a new one in, looked at our sump pump, said it was fine. Beautiful people, trustable people. Call these people. 317, or I'm sorry, 765 610 8809. 765 610 8809. Hit subscribe, ring the like, you know, ring the bell, push like, do all that stuff. Let's talk about sports. Pacers made a deal. We'll talk about that. Indiana University basketball news out of IU about the five suspended players, too. But starting, let's talk about Quentin Nelson. Look, you need a good offensive line. A good offensive line to me is you got a couple of good tackles, really good tackles, and you got a center. And around those guys, you've got guards who can do their jobs, but don't eat up your salary cap. You can't invest $70 million on your offensive line. You just can't do it. Out of $200 million, you can't plow $70 million into that old line. You do that, you got problems. You got weapons that are not going to be able to be acquired. You've got a quarterback who's going to cost you $25, $27 million this year. You've got defensive players like Darius Leonard. Pretty quick, you run out of money. And all of a sudden, you got Michael Pittman in the pips. As wide receivers, you can't have it. Who you got at tight end? Like, look at the tight ends, right? In, in the Super Bowl, you got a couple of pretty good tight ends. Azuma's really good. And uh, the guy for the Rams, who is it? Higby, I think, pretty good. The other teams that were vying for a place in the uh, Super Bowl, Travis Kelsey, really, really good, right? George Kittle, really, really good. You got to have weapons. To score the football. Quentin Nelson is not a weapon. 
Quentin Nelson, if the Colts negotiate with Quentin Nelson and make him the highest-paid guard in the NFL after this coming year, where he's going to count $13.75 million against the cap, after that, he's going to be 18, 19, 20. The highest-paid guard in the NFL is Brandon Scherf of the uh, Washington, what are they, the Commodores, the Crusaders, the Commanders, whatever the hell they are. They didn't make the playoffs, and they got the highest-paid guard in the game. Like, that's, that's on the micro level evidence that guards don't win you games. On the macro level, look across the NFL. Show me guards that win you games. When was the last time the Cowboys won a championship? When was the last time they went to the Super Bowl? 25 years ago, they got Zach Martin. Zach Martin's wonderful Indianapolis kid, Shatard graduate, for God's sake. What's he doing for him? He makes a lot of money. He eats up a lot of money against the cap. So you can't go out and spend in other areas. That's the problem with Quentin Nelson. This isn't anti-Quentin Nelson. I love Quentin Nelson. At $8 million a year, Quentin Nelson, I want to give him a big hug and make him a cold forever and install him in the, in the ring of honor right now. At $20 million, he is going to keep you from winning more football games than he is going to win for you. Chris Ballard needs to nut up, make the unpopular decision, trade Quentin Nelson, go get a weapon for Quentin Nelson, or a first-round draft pick that allows you to get a quarterback. Mediocre quarterback, mediocre weapons, mediocre record, period. I know you want to build this thing from the inside out. Mediocre quarterback, mediocre weapons, mediocre record. Love Jonathan Taylor. Love Jonathan Taylor. Wonderful guy. Wonderful running back. Dynamic as hell. Jonathan Taylor, while being a weapon, is not the kind of weapon you need to go win a championship or the Colts would be in the Super Bowl this Sunday instead of sitting at home watching other people. Love Jonathan Taylor. 1,200 yards if he turns into Joe Mixon, I'm really happy with that. That's a wonderful outcome, right? If he's Jonathan Taylor at 1,811 yards rushing, that's trouble. For the Colts. Frank Reich knows it. Chris Ballard knows it. You, you, can't, you, you can't build a team like the 1977 Chicago Bears who went to the playoffs with a 7-9-5 or a nine and five record and were one and done in 77, one and done in 79 until they built that monster defense. That's what they were. They were an also-ran in the NFC Central then. Now it's the NFC North. The Colts, they're not going to have that kind of dynamic defense. You can't win with a halfback and a great defense anymore. You have got to have weapons on the perimeter, and you've got to have a quarterback who can get them the ball. And if you don't have those things, you don't have a chance in today's NFL. All right, let's talk about the Indiana Hoosiers. It was announced today that Mike Woodson has reinstated the five guys who were suspended. And there is a comment, this is, this is the way things work, all right? And this is me being a little bit cynical. I don't know this to be a fact, but I'm pretty sure it's a fact, all right? Mike Woodson told a partial truth. He said that uh, the five that you have to uh, honor curfews. You have to have a team that honors curfews. That's what he said. As though a curfew 
was the reason for the suspension, a curfew violation. While what he said technically was true, I'm guessing it was really, really incomplete because nobody, nobody suspends five kids for a curfew violation the first time they violate the curfew. Either this was a habitual thing where people were ignoring curfews on the road at home forever, and finally Mike Woodson had enough, or there was a curfew violation that also had other violations involved with that curfew violation. Incomplete truths. This is the world we live in. I'm going to be honest, uh, but I got to tell you the truth. I'm not being really honest. I'm not, I'm not being transparent. What I'm saying isn't false. I'm not perjuring myself, but I'm not telling you the truth either. Because, and, and I'd rather that be the case. You know, it's nobody's damn business, although that kind of perpetuates the story, right? This is like you, you got hungry people, and that's the media, and the fans, right? The fans hunger drive the hunger in the media. And it, it, like the, the people at IU are giving you a morsel. They're saying, hey, here is a, uh, a cube of beef, a piece of steak. You gobble it up, and for a second, you're very, very thankful to get the cube of steak. But you know that's not a meal. That's not the whole thing. That's not, that's not a, a Golden Corral buffet. You know, it isn't all you can eat. It's not like, here, here's the deal. Here's what happened. That didn't happen. And it's not going to happen. Frankly, it is none of our business. It's okay to kind of play fast and loose with the truth. I'm cool with it. You want to give us a partial truth? Give us a partial truth. Would we rather know? Yeah, we'd rather know. But okay, whatever. They're going to play on Saturday, and and we'll see if there's any more comeuppance for any of those five. That'll be kind of interesting. We'll see who starts, who doesn't start. Well, we'll read the tea leaves because nobody tells us anything. You know, Indiana University Athletics is like, you know, the Soviet state, the Soviet-run journalism. It's like Pravda. You know, it's like, here you go. Here's the news. Want some? Here's some. You're not going to get the truth out of these people. Indiana never tells the truth. Indiana obfuscates at a level that is just tremendous. It makes me proud to be a, uh, a guy who spent six long years in the journalism department of that university. Actually, only two and a half in the journalism department. And that's why it took me six to get out of there. At any rate, Indiana doing what they can to try to make this story go away because they don't like these stories that cast their program in, in some kind of shadiness. Indiana, they think Indiana fans aren't going to dig it. Indiana fans love this stuff. Indiana fans want players held accountable. This is what they live for, right? This is what I, I love this because the student athletes are learning that bad actions have a consequence. But there is no way in the world that you basically forfeit a Big Ten game on the road against a team that you should beat. There's no way you forfeit that game. And that's what Mike Woodson did to make a point about, you know what, an 11 o'clock curfew does not mean 11.05. That's not what this is. Nobody goes scorched earth with suspensions because somebody was a little bit late. 
somebody didn't respect the curfew, even if they were four hours late. There's other stuff involved. We may never hear what it is. We understand that. We're all grown-ass men. We get it. All right, fine. Pacers, they made a trade at the deadline. Torrey Craig, for the second straight year, has been traded at the deadline to the Phoenix Suns. What do the Pacers get back? They get back, this is really interesting to me, uh, Jalen Smith. We remember Jalen Smith. He played for Maryland, right, through 2020. He was there for two seasons, and he was a really good player. Last year, he averaged 15 and 10 and a half. He was a big in the Big Ten that gave opponents nightmares. He was taken 10th overall in 2020. The Suns did not offer him or, or uh, accept his, his uh, extension, right? No, they declined their option, their third-year option. So Jalen Smith is going to become a free agent after this season, and all the Pacers can offer him is $4.7 million. That's the thing. Torrey Craig was a little bit more expensive than Jalen Smith, so this takes the, the Pacers $320,000 underneath the salary cap. Three twenty dollars underneath. So... The Simons, they're going to get a check for somewhere between 11 and $11.7 million, according to Bobby Marks. Nice payday for the Simons. That day, wouldn't that just like, has that come yet? Have we gotten the deposit yet? I know these are billionaires, right? But still, you got to get excited about a check or, or a direct deposit of $11 million when that posts. You're like, hey, <laughs> this is going good. I like getting $11 million just because we aren't spending like fools. Nice. Good work if you can get it, right? So the Pacers, they get a short-term guy that they can kind of plug and play, Jalen Smith. The Suns get a guy who's going to be able to contribute at a more substantial level for a team that believes it's ready to win an NBA title, the Phoenix Suns. So Jalen Smith, you can't offer him what he's worth. Right, so we'll see what happens with Jalen Smith, but a lot of really, really good work done by Kevin Pritchard and his staff. This has been a really good period of time, and good for Scott Agnes of Fieldhouse Files, who, like today, posted and said Tory Craig is the guy who might be dealt. And I, that was the first time I had even thought of it. Scott Agnes, bada bing, hit the bullseye. I thought maybe they were going to trade Tristan Thompson's uh, contract because that's what they traded. That's what they got, really, essentially. They're going to have cap space. They've got a young nucleus. They're going to have a top-five draft pick. They're going to have another first-rounder in the low 20s. They've got an early second-rounder that belongs right now to the Houston Rockets that maybe they could package with that pick in the early 20s and move up into the teens someplace, maybe the tail end of the lottery, but that's... That's a little ambitious. Good work by Kevin Pritchard. Got a chance now to find a way to success in the near near future. Not this season, but next year, they could be pretty damn good. They're going to be young. They're going to be exciting. They're going to move the basketball. They're going to run up and down the floor. We'll start to see that a little bit tomorrow night as Tyrese Halliburton plays for the first time for the Pacers. Buddy Heald also. We'll see. It's kind of fun. Gives us hope. And that's all we need in a season like this. Just a little bit of hope. But we'll get to and no Domas Sabonis. Some people love Domas Sabonis. I among them. 
Some people thought that Domas was a little bit plotting and kept the, the Pacers from running at the level that they would have liked to have seen him run. Tomorrow morning, breakfast with Kent. I cannot wait to talk to you then. It's going to be phenomenal. What are we going to do on a Friday? We're going to talk about Super Bowl a little bit, although I'm, I'm not really all amped up for this. I think Burrow and the Bengals, money line, I like it. Not just because the Mattress King or whoever that nut is who bet $4.4 million or whatever. I just kind of think that they got swag that's going to be tough to beat in one 60-minute game. Over the course of 10 games, I think the Rams win seven. But they aren't playing 10 games on Sunday. They're just playing one. We'll talk about it tomorrow morning. Can't wait to talk to you then.